Our text this morning is uh, it's from the epistle reading in Romans 3. I'm going to go back to verse 26. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. This is our text. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, this reminds me of all of the Reformation things that are so uh, difficult but evident when you look at what Luther said about a lot of things. Uh, what I was thinking is that this keeping a law is impossible. And what that made me think of is child safety devices. That seems like it's not connected, but it kind of is. Right? So we'll see how if we can get this sorted. So you know how it is with children, they get into dangerous things, uh, even though they've been told not to, even though they don't know what they're doing, they, they get into stuff that is bad for them, uh, poisons under the sink and uh, electricity. I wish I had a quarter for every time Ethan tried to get into a plug. Uh, and, and there's a long list of other things. And so they, they make all these uh, child-proofing devices that keep kids out of stuff that for some reason, they always can manage to get them uh, apart, and, and I never can. So I, I don't really understand how that's supposed to work. They're supposed to work on kids. Well, I, you know, recently I went to, to the pharmacy to pick up something that I'm supposed to be taking, and um, it had one of those childproof caps on it, and I couldn't get it open. So I, I guess my hands are starting to get a little arthritic, and, and so it was not working that day. So I, next time I went in, I told them that, you know, you need to not do that to me. So now they don't do that to me. But childproof caps are hard to get into, and they're supposed to be to keep the kids out of the medicine. And, of course, eventually they work on me, too. Well, it, this, is, this is the same kind of problem we're having here with the Romans. Uh, uh, Luther was having trouble, and, and like them, uh, looking at the law and how hard it is to deal with. So uh, uh, You're supposed to deal with it, and you're supposed to look at it, and you're supposed to uh, listen to it, and, and yet you can't do it. Now, um, some things are just impossible. Uh, you have look through scripture and I imagine you've run into a few things that are really difficult to do like love your enemy sticks out there a little bit and there's a lot of other ones you know what I mean they all feel like uh, in Rome they all felt like they had to do it there were a lot of Jewish Christians there and they were used to trying to keeping the law uh, and Paul was teaching them some other things, but they were trying to please God, and they're trying to do it by keeping the commandments. But Luther, uh, along with Paul uh, on this thing, is, is well, it, he, they're saying that no one should be told that they're bound like that to God's rules. Now, uh, you, you need to look at them, you need to see them, you need to pay attention to them, uh, but it's not as though there's no hope of forgiveness. And this is where the difficulty lies. Those demands of God are there to uh, teach you about what is good, uh, but also, uh, like your catechism says, to teach you that you can't do it. 
So that the, the idea there is that if you see that God demands this and you can't do it, the Romans uh, were having the same problem. They were basically told by Paul, well, if you can't do it, then you need to find mercy. And of course, that was intended to get them to run to Jesus. And because there's no other way to solve that problem unless you want to place yourself in the bondage that leads to death and condemnation. Basically speaking, the law of God, the commandments that Moses brought down the mountain, they condemn everyone. There's no exception. Uh, if you read the, the early part of Romans 3, you would see there that it says no one, no one comes to God. No one seeks him. No one can do what they're supposed to do. The long list that's there, it's Old Testament stuff, and it is absolutely condemning. That is your circumstances. That was the circumstances of the Romans that Paul was trying to get them to see, that they should not be inflicting these rules on Gentiles because no one is justified by trying to do it. Everybody fails. So if you try to inflict it on someone else, then it is going to condemn them as well. That is the message, and that is difficult, because then what are you supposed to do with the commandments? It all seems like a, a bait and switch sometimes. I, I must have seemed like that to Paul's people too. Uh, where's the justice ultimately in saying that there are rules, which God does, and then saying it's all taken care of because it's forgiven. So why bother with the rules in the first place? This is very confusing. Don't God's commands do that for us? Don't they spell out what we're supposed to do? Well, you'd have to suppose that's what they're there for. And it's a real problem for us, isn't it? And he means it all. It's not like God tells you to do something and he's just kidding or that he's just suggesting, or that he's just advising, or, or whatever it is that he's doing, uh, he, he means it. He's not kidding. He knows so very well that you are a sinner, too. He knows that you are incapable of doing what he commands perfectly. Everyone always has been too much a sinner to do what he commands. So why say it? A perfection it's, is, is uh, the way heaven is supposed to be. So perfection is what you're supposed to be when you reach heaven. It's required of you there. So do you, I, I guess a, a reasonable question is when, when you get to heaven, do you want sin and evil to be there with you? So, you know, that perfection is not required and therefore everybody gets to come in. Well, you know, that's not good. So you don't want heaven to be like this. So God wants no sin, no evil, no imperfection there. Uh, and, and this is, is not just for him, but it's for you too, because you know that that's what you want when you get there. But you can't do it to get there. You can't do what God says is perfection to get there. And yet he wants you there. You can't do it. So the only thing that could possibly be done is that somebody makes you perfect, whether you are or not. And there lies the confusion. It's at least evident that God, along with Paul and along with Luther, want you to pay attention to the law of God. It's there for a reason. He wants you to look at it. You need to see it 
in your heritage and it comes from the Old Testament and it's there and it's been there the whole time. And, and, and you need to see it so that you understand it condemns you utterly because you can't do what is necessary to please God, to save yourself, to be obedient in the simplest ways is lost on us sometimes. So when you see that, uh, Paul says here, when you finally understand that, your mouth will be stopped. <laughs> you cannot argue with God about such a thing when it's so obviously true. You can claim uh, nothing to, uh, for yourself along this track except for accountability, which means the wages of sin is death, and after that is condemnation, and that makes you not in such a good spot when you stand before God on that last day, whenever that is. But it also says here that God has held back his hand. And, and he's done this for centuries, all the way from the beginning, all the way back to Adam. He's, he stopped himself from destroying us until Christ comes among us. He waits. And when Jesus comes, his gift to you is his own body broken on a cross. Which seems like, uh, uh, we were talking in Bible study today, that this seems like a horrible, evil thing. That his son would die such a way. But in that broken body, that amazing sacrifice of the son of the living God is forgiveness for you and for everyone who believes. Forgiveness, complete forgiveness of all the things that you have ever done. Uh, there is forgiveness and there is life and there is holiness and there is a right now to call you a child of God, which you certainly are. But it's not your own doing. You couldn't do it, you gotta remember that. You saw the rules, you can't do them all, you can't do them perfectly, so it's not you, but it's a gift of God in that broken body of Christ. And since it is a gift, and, and it's a gift that you had no input at all about, you can only receive it, you can only accept it as it comes with faith and gratitude. Now, uh, it may seem like faith is a thing that you do too, but it isn't. Uh, Paul has also said that that itself is a gift. So what happens is as a reaction to the law of God and to what Christ has done, the Holy Spirit has power and touches those things that have spoken to you and then you can come to believe. It's also a gift. God knew you before you were born. Now that's a kind of an important thing to understand. Before he made anything, he knew you all the way from one end of your life to the other. Everything that you have ever done, he knows. Everything that you have yet to do, he knows. And he died for you. He knew you before your first sin. He knows all the things you've done since. He knows everything that you haven't even thought of yet, all the future stuff that you will do wrong, that is gonna be breaking that law that he has made that is perfection and still he loves you. And still he forgives you all things. 
and still he claims you as his own dear child. You didn't bring it on yourself by your own best works because those are not worthy of his attention. And you can't make God stop loving you either. So with Luther and with Paul and with Christ, I say to you, look always at the cross and there you will find the truth about yourself and about how God loves you. God's justice was laid on Jesus. It's, you know, I asked about justice earlier and this is a problem. It doesn't look like justice that you should be forgiven. And uh, a number of poor theologians have suggested that that was a problem, but there is justice because God is justice and he laid all of his justice. Every punishment that you deserved, he laid on his own son so that he would be declaring you righteous in Christ. And that is what you are. When he looks at you, he sees his son. And when he sees his son, he sees holiness and perfection. That you are ready to be with him just like you are. And he has demonstrated that he himself is just in all things. When this Reformation thing started happening, Luther was looking at the way the church was going. He saw that, uh, well, the Pope at the time, and, and uh, actually a couple before and a couple after, <laughs> were trying to build St. Peter's Basilica. I don't know if you've ever been to the Vatican and there the thing stands, but uh, if you look at that, you can say, oh, this must have cost a few bucks, because it is magnificent. So. In greed and in desire for their own glory, they started doing weird stuff. And um, so it, what, what they were doing was they were telling people that they could buy their forgiveness if they would put in some money toward the, the, the basilica, then they would be forgiven some of their sins. And if they had enough money, they could buy out of purgatory to some extent or by somebody else out of purgatory and, and of course this was mostly only true if you could afford it well Luther was just pointing out the lie you can't buy forgiveness and, and why would you bind people to that again because the gift is for free a gift all gifts are for free uh, if they're anything else then they're not gifts but if you bind yourself to a cost, to a price, that thing that you must do, then what's happening there is he was binding Luther's own people again to the slavery of sin. And he wasn't putting up with that. He wanted to talk about it and the ball started rolling. But you need to remember the same lesson on this Reformation Day, that you are forgiven, that Christ died for you that he rose from the dead to establish that victory over death and to give you a place in his own heaven, righteous, perfect, holy, as he has made you, not as you have achieved, not as something you can buy, but all in Christ, a gift for you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.